Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right, man, welcome back. We are in week four and we're continuing our topic about mindset and getting our mind set. Now, it often surprises people that the Bible actually tells us what to think. And I find that to be extremely important, uh, extremely encouraging. And if I will uh, put it into practice and begin to some uh, do some sort of application, I will experience the benefits of what the Bible is telling me to think about. Uh, so we are in our last uh, lesson on this, and we're going to go into purity. Uh, first and foremost, it says, finally, brother, whatsoever things are pure, uh, begin to ponder, begin to consider, begin to meditate upon these things. Now, uh, from my experience and from uh, working with people for uh, 15 years, 20 years, however long it's been, um, one thing I've noticed, especially with men, the biggest struggle is purity. And that is purity of the mind, uh, walking in integrity, uh, avoiding pornography, uh, not giving into lust and temptation and all of these different things. And the bottom line is, is what causes men the most shame is this concept and this idea of purity. So I definitely see the benefit and the encouragement of this is one of the things that the Bible actually tells us to begin to think about. And um, if we begin to practice that and begin to dive into uh, this concept of purity and thinking pure thoughts, um, our lives will be far better for it. Now, I do believe that the mind is kind of the rudder and it kind of steers in a sense that if we begin to think in pure thoughts and we begin to lust and we begin to consume pornography and all of these different things, that our life is going to manifest towards that direction, towards more lust and more perversion and stuff like that. So I find it very beneficial to begin to control what goes up on up here first. Now, because everything, uh, every action or behavior plays out with the subconscious belief system and or thoughts that are have been entertained. And so when uh, we talk about this subject of purity and, and what kind of thoughts we are entertaining, it's important because they're leading us down a road and that it's giving momentum to a certain uh, thing that is happening on the inside of us. And nobody cheats on their wife overnight, right? Nobody begins to uh, uh, consume uh, aggressive forms of pornography overnight, right? This is all a process of erosion that begins to take place inside of our mind because of what we are allowing and what we are entertaining inside of it. So no, none of us can go uh, when it comes to uh, major temptations. Uh, none of us can really say that we slipped. Right. Uh, you hear that a lot, like as somebody who cheated. Oh, I just slipped. And, and the reality is, is that the, the slip uh, happened uh, decisions that took place one, two, three years ago. And the process of slipping was a very uh, gradual deterioration of slipping that led to uh, led to this big moment. Right. So nobody really falls overnight. Nobody really uh, uh, makes a a huge decision to slip just like that without having slippage in the future. Think about it this way, that it's much like uh, an earthquake. 
that um, one day there's going to be this humongous one, right? But as we know, it's this gradual slippage and we and that's what causes the earthquake. And one day it's going to slip to the point where it's going to really slip and things are going to begin to shake. Now, when we look at temptation and purity inside of that uh, mindset, we begin to understand that the little things matter. And that is that the little slippage, the little thoughts, the little uh, temptations, the little consuming of pornography, all of these things really matter because they're the small slippages that produce the big uh, scenario. It's much like uh, um, uh, they found a a place in California much recently where the whole mountain just kind of slid down. Okay. Well, you you can know and understand that and there has been an undermining process for a period of time before the mountain began to slip in this great, amazing fashion, right? There was undermining uh, scenarios going on. So this is what we got to understand is that the, the, the avalanche or the mountain collapsing is the big hoorah of what has taken place in the slippage that has happened over time. And that would cause us to look at what is undermining me. Now we see people and I've, you know, I've read their books when I was young and now that they have turned away from the faith and they've renounced God and they've gone into, you know, atheism and all this different stuff. And it seemed to, for me to happen overnight. It seemed just like, wow, shock moment, right? But the reality is, is that there, there had been slippage from the beginning and there had been things that have been undermining their faith for a long period of time. And that's the way this uh, scenario takes place. There are things that are undermining. There are things that are that seek to undermine our marriage. And that is that we have this desire to be connected to communication and to intimacy and have this awesome marriage. But then we have influences in our inside of us and outside of us that want to undermine that foundation and cause it to what fall apart. And so the same is true with our faith, that there is the same evil influence that wants to sway us in a certain direction and begin to undermine what we want to accomplish inside of our faith. Okay. Finances. We want to have enough. We want to walk in prosperity. We want to begin to utilize our talents, skills, and resources for the kingdom of God and for its expansion. You can guarantee that there's going to be an undermining influence that is going to come against you. Now, and these are all correlate to purity. So we're going to get into the definition real quick, and then we're going to jump into some questions. But clean, that means to be free from contamination, free from moral corruption, from sinister connections of any kind. That is characterized by clarity. Ooh, that's a good one. And precision. That is once again a good one. Modest. That is to be in moderation. That is to avoid the extremes in behavior and expressions. And to begin to observe reasonable limits. Uh, purity. That means to be singular in substance. It means to be unmixed with any other matter. Free from what weakens and pollutes you. Containing nothing that does not properly belong here and free from uh, a moral fault and guilt. All right, so we're gonna dive in and think about these things. Think about things that are clean, think about things that are modest, think about things that are pure. Think about things that are free from contamination.
Okay. So here's what I want to uh, talk to you about this idea of contamination. That is, would you eat a uh, dessert, a chocolate cream pie? I don't know. Think about your favorite dessert. Oh, man, I love this dessert. This is my favorite dessert, right? Mine would be something with like Oreos. I love like uh, uh, Oreos and I do love chocolate and all of that good stuff. And I love peanut butter. So anything, a combination of those, I'm cool with. Now think of your favorite dessert. Uh, think of your wife whooped up this dessert for you, okay? And it looks wonderful, right? I mean, it looks great. And, but then she tells you that there's, um, she puts some special ingredients in there because she loves you so much she put some special ingredients in there just for you, okay? So on this outside, this dessert looks, it looks wonderful. It looks appealing. It looks like something you want to partake of until you hear the mystery ingredient. And the mystery ingredient is poo-poo, okay? And so now you've got this pie that looks good and uh, it, it looks appealing to the eye but not understanding that inside of the ingredients, there is poo-poo. And that's what we gotta understand in regards to purity. Purity just means to be, uh, to, to, uh, to be unmixed. That means to be singular in substance. That means like when you're talking about this pie that it has all the correct ingredients and it doesn't have foreign ingredients. That is ingredients that don't belong there, okay? That's what it means. And so we look at that and say, you know what? Um, that looks appealing. And that's the way temptation is. That's the way the erosion happens to get us away from purity is that it looks appealing, it looks nice. But we don't understand that it's a crap sandwich. And that is, it looks like a good sandwich, but uh, it's a crap sandwich. And that is that, it, it, you know, it might look appealing, but uh, once you partake of it, and once it goes down, you begin to experience the reality of the crap. And you begin to recognize that it is a crap sandwich. And all of a sudden you have these negative feelings, negative emotions and shame and everything attached to this, this crab sandwich. Okay. So we need to be start thinking about thoughts of purity and that we are going to pursue purity and that we understand and we thoroughly grasp that inside of the temptation that is enticing is actually a crap sandwich. Okay. And this is the way Satan works. Satan, once again, is what? Disguises himself as an angel of light. And that is a messenger of righteousness. And that is that these things that seem appealing, they have the uh, concept of being good, that they're somehow going to be good for you. That is that they're going to comfort you, <laughs> right? You're going to find some sort of pleasure in them. And this is going to be a very beneficial, positive experience, right? I don't know anybody who begins to lust after a woman and begin to think, man, I'm, I'm going to hit that and I'm going to get AIDS, <laughs> right? Nobody thinks that, right? What is the thought? So, you know, I'm going to hit that and that's going to feel so good, right? And I'm going to find pleasure and I'm going to find comfort and all of these things. So I'm going to watch that, right? It's going to be something so repulsive that I'm going to run away, right? That's not the thoughts that take place. It's gonna, I'm gonna watch this and this is going to bring me the comfort uh, that I am seeking and that I am looking for, right? So it, it's all peers appealing. 
So we have to ask ourselves, do we really want to be pure? And that is singular in substance. Do we want to withdraw ourselves from the crap sandwiches that are inside of our life that are causing us a lot of guilt, a lot of shame and all of these different things? And do we really want to be pure? Because this is the way that the purity operates. Purity operates through uh, through the fire, okay? To get the, the dross out of the silver for there to come forth this awesome vessel for, for God, right? The purity of the vessel, um, it, it happens through the fire. And that is going through these situations, going through the fire, and having these impurities, uh, these desires uh, begin to rise inside of these uh, situations that happen inside of our life. And they begin to come to the surface. Now, many of you are in the fire. And that is that you are in a temptation that you repeatedly uh, give into. And that these things come to the surface and they constantly and repeatedly come to the surface and they're not being dealt with in any manner. So what was supposed to happen is, you know, as we face these different situations and these desires come out from within us, within our heart, and they begin to rise to the surface, the important thing is to begin to recognize them and to begin to allow the Spirit of God to skim them away, okay? But here's what happens in most men's life is that they come to the surface, right? We know them and we recognize them, but we, uh, what we seek to do is we seek to hide them. And that is that we're over there, you know, in our little dark corner playing with our little, uh, you know, things and just really uh, uh, seeking darkness. And what we're not doing is coming to the light and allowing the Spirit of God to skim off these impurities. He comes, no doubt. Because that's his purpose and intention is saying, you know what, I'm going to, this impurity has come to the surface and I am coming to skim it away. And as he's coming to skim, we, we stop him. And we, we don't allow the process of God that was meant for our purity and for our change and transformation to take place. And we stop it. And the reason why that, that we stop this process is because we, we really love what we're doing, right? We really like what we're doing. It, it is somehow um, meeting our needs and we are finding comfort inside of this thing. So we stop the skimming power of the Spirit in our lives and we go on and maintain our course of what we're doing, right? Just being honest. So think about purity. Think about uh, uh, how you are going to be pure and how that you want to begin to walk in freedom uh, from addictions in all of their forms. Now, you know, in this journey that I have been on, it is very, it's been a very shedding process. And that is that, you know, under these different uh, situations that have come into my life that have caused the heat to be turned up and the flame to, to be ignited, um, I have seen these impurities and these addictions come to the surface. And it almost seemed like, um, like I'm undergoing a metamorphosis over a journey in a prolonged period of time that as I beat one, I get the courage to beat another and then I beat another and then I beat another. And it's almost like it's creating this snowball effect of victory. And this is what's not talked about very much inside of Christianity and faith is that oftentimes this is the way God operates. 
And that is that we're looking for the miracle deliverance that somehow God is going to wave his wand over us and that we're not going to have any desires that cause us to sway ever again and all of our addictions are just going to fall off and we get this mental image of shackles just being released and the person dancing and walking in freedom and it's like, I don't know where we got this concept, but God has called us to the path and that's why he's called the way. And that we're actually called to a journey. And along this path is a path of learning to, uh, starting from crawling and learning to walk and setting free from the shackles and different things. And all of this stuff is a process that begins to shed us from the impurities that are taking place inside of our lives. And uh, it's a wonderful process. So I'm going to begin to think of pure thoughts and how I'm going to begin to walk in freedom from addiction. Now, this is what I firmly believe, that God has called us to abundant life. And that is a life that is connected to him, a life that flows through him, and a life that is empowered by him. And that we are, are on this journey to begin to utilize everything that we have and everything that he has done for us. And that as we learn who we are and what we have, we begin to walk in our identity and we begin to utilize what's in our hands. I don't think we fully understand everything that we really have, but this journey is an ultimate discovery of what that is. So walk in freedom. I'm going to think about things that are clean. I'm going to think about things that bring me clarity, right? Now, if any uh, uh, situation comes up, temptation comes up, and it causes you to be in more obscurity, that is, it causes you to be in more darkness, more shame, more guilt, and go down into the pit of uh, dysfunction. You can guarantee that's not what God is, is bringing into your life. That is, that is a counterfeit. That is the direct opposite. So begin to think about things that are clean, things that give you clarity and allow you to really uh, uh, see the truth. Now, any sort of uh, temptation or, or impurity that leads you astray in any area of your life, there is going, it's going to lead to confusion. And that there's going to be extreme lack of clarity. And this is how you know that God is, is beginning to operate, let's just say, for example, inside of your marriage. <clears throat> because there is uh, a lot of clarity. There is, you can see you can see what the the uh, God wants for your marriage. You can see what it's becoming, what it's evolving to you, and you're uh, you're surrendering to the process, and you're going all in, and all of that is extreme clarity, and exp uh, uh, mission, and purpose. Now, when these impure things begin to get in, uh, they get in there and they cause obscurity and they cause confusion. And then that is like, I don't even know if this person is the right one for me. I don't even know what, to, what God wants to do through my marriage. Like, we're not one. We're not communicating. We're not intimate. And all these things that produce confusion and obscurity. And they start from impurities. And we take it into our relationship with God. Are we really getting clarity are we really seeing what God wants for our life? Or are we settling for obscurity? We got to move on because we have a couple more. So uh, I'm going to uh, talk about these two together. Think about things that are, uh, inspire moderation. And think about things that are avoiding the extremes. Now, there is a lot of things that we classify as addiction that are completely normal in the sense of... Um, they could be conducive to very positive self-care. Uh, let me explain what I mean, and please don't take this to the extreme. 
Um, but there are people who are shopaholics, and that is they spend a lot of money, and it is, it is their addiction, and, and they have a lot of trouble. Now, if we're in a moderate state, uh, buying something for ourselves or shopping is a very good uh, thing of self-care. And that is, it could be a very positive and beneficial experience that could really be something great inside of our lives. Now we go inside of gambling, right? I don't really gamble that much. I think maybe uh, two, three times last year, uh, 20, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, right? Uh, I'm not much of a gambler. But if you had a, uh, a self-care where that was a, a, a for me, like it is for me, a moment to have fun, and to play games and do this and that. And it's a very positive, beneficial experience for me. Now you get somebody else who's addicted to gambling and all of a sudden it has nothing to do with self-care. It's just, you know, the addictedness, the impulsiveness and all the money is gone and how are we gonna pay rent and all of these different things. Where is the kid's college fund? It's at the casino, you know. Uh, pampering yourself. Uh, that is, you know, getting a uh, chiropractic or massage or, uh, you know, for women, the, the pedicures and the manicures and all this different stuff. Like those could be forms uh, of addictions for some people where it's like they're totally, you know, that's all they do. And um, exercise. You can go all in with exercise and become one of those nuts that your life is about exercise. You exercise four or five hours a day and your body is elite and you're smoking hot and all of these different things, but it's to the detriment of your own soul. But exercise can also be a form of self-care. Uh, alcohol. I'm not one of these people, but I am surrounded by these people. And that is that they're perfectly fine with having a glass of wine. Now, me personally, if I had a glass of wine, I would want a pint of vodka. And so I can feel really good. Now, this feels good. But, you know, I, I know how feeling really good is. And, I, you know, I'm not going to settle for feeling good. I want to feel really good. But there are those who it's completely a form of self-care for them. And so it's important inside of this context to begin to understand that God doesn't want us to, God's uh, uh, prescription in a way is moderation. Now, if you can't uh, have moderation inside of some of these things that are, that are seen as permissible, um, that are seen as okay things, um, that, and if you can't have moderation, then you are, are part of the in crowd here um, that are, uh, have some form of, uh, of addiction and extremism inside of your behavior. But in the things that are permissible, God wants to lead us to moderation. And that is to consume in a way that is a, a self-care and a beneficial thing for your life. Now, if you can't do that, once again, you are part of this crowd where uh, you need help with extremism. So I'm going to think about how I'm going to avoid extremes and how I'm going to practice moderation inside of my behavior. Now, whatsoever things that are lovely, we got to move on a little quick, got a couple more. So whatsoever things that are lovely, begin to think about uh, how we're, we're going to build friendships with other people. Now, this uh, term lovely here is be friendly towards, and that is to be acceptable and to be uh, friends, right? So I'm going to begin to think about how I can connect with other people, begin to think about how I could build relationships and how I can begin to grow and expand inside of my relational life.
Now, this is very important because God has called us to a sense of community, and that is to have a connectedness with other people, other like-minded people in the faith who are walking this journey and along this path. And the Bible says that we should begin to think about how we can build those kind of relationships and get in harmony or get in unity with inside of a community. And I find that to be something very uh, beneficial. Uh, lastly is to uh, of good report begin to think about things that are lovely begin to think of things about a good report now I really like this concept of good report because it reminds me of the people of Israel when they begin to spy out the land and they sent spies in and Joshua and Caleb came back with a good report uh, everybody else came back with a negative report and their report sounded like this there are giants in the land. We are much like grass, grasshoppers and they are going to stomp on us and we are going to be dead. Our lives are going to be over and we can't do this. Now, God says to go in his strength and begin to inherit the promised land. And these people said, we cannot do this. We are weak. We are incompatible and we cannot do this. Two men had a good report and said, you know, whatever God has told us that we are well able. We are well able through his power and through his strength. So begin to think about things that are a good report means to think about things about how God's spirit is inside of us and in, in us to begin to uh, conquer our obstacles. Now, here's what people do. Uh, they begin to identify their obstacles, right? And as they identify them, they begin to talk about them repeatedly. And that is they begin to glorify their obstacles and begin to magnify their obstacles. And of course, they become bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, talking about our giants uh, repeatedly over and over without doing anything to, to begin to defeat the giants doesn't bring us the victory that we want. All it does is magnify the problem. And you see people like this, and I've been around people like this, is that they're, they're thoroughly identified with their giants. They know what their giants are, right? And whenever you get around them, that's all that comes out is the, of their mouth is the communication of the struggles that they are going through and how big their giants are and all of these different things, right? And what it is is that they've, they've come up to their wall, and that is their obstacle, and they're leaning on the wall, and they're talking about how big the wall is. But what they are not doing is saying, you know what, I'm going to be the kind of person that thinks that I have a good report. And that is that I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna look at the challenge and I'm going to say that I can be empowered by God to bust through this wall. I can be empowered by God to bust through this giant. I wanna tell you something about David real quick. David, as we know, he is the giant slayer, right? Uh, he came in there, flung his stone uh, to the head of Goliath Goliath fell down and he chopped off his head. I mean, that's a giant slayer. And you begin to look at that and you begin to ask yourself, well, how did he, how did he gain that confidence to have a good report? And that is when the giant was there and he was talking smack to the people of God and saying, you know what? Uh, uh, I'll defeat every single one of you, whoever you bring in. He's just talking trash, right? And everybody's scared. And uh, everybody has the report of what? I can't face this giant. This giant is undefeatable. Who, if I go in there, I'm going to die, right? 
What's David's report? Ah, this uncircumcised Philistine who who, who would dare defy the armies of God, right? <laughs> and so it's a different mindset and a different belief system. And he got different results. And the reason why, this is what I want you to tap into. The reason why he was able to face his giant. Multiple different reasons. But I want you to focus on this primary reason. That he had already defeated a lion and a bear. Okay. And that is that there was lions or bears or different things that came to attack the sheep that he was overseeing. And he made sure to handle them. And that is that he, he found victory in smaller instances that he was able to face the big one. Can I tell you something? And this is the truth. If David didn't learn from the lion and the bear, he would not have any courage to face Goliath. If he didn't have small victories that were taking place inside of his life, there was no evolution to the big victories. And what this really uh, points out to us is that these small things inside of our life, our small character issues, our small things about purity, is the lion and the bear. And that is that if we thoroughly understand this, we understand the small things matter. And though this may be a small battle, I'm going to come and I'm going to equip myself. I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to work in my life and I'm going to beat this thing down. I'm going to conquer and overcome and destroy this thing, right? And so as you do that, you gain momentum. Uh, I remember my first thing was cigarettes. I quit smoking before I even quit drinking, right? So the first thing I said, I'm gonna quit smoking. And so that began to happen. And I'm like, you know what, maybe I should, uh, you know, quit drinking. And, 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 and what happens is this confidence of snowball. Maybe I should uh, stop consuming pornography. And, uh, and maybe I should, you know, stop entertaining lustful thoughts. And all of these things, it's like momentum, okay? So once you defeat the lion, you come to the bear. And once you defeat the bear, you go to the giant. And this is really important to understand. Let's start with the lion. Let's start with something uh, that might be insignificant and small compared to the giant. And that is, let's begin to uh, conquer, overcome, and destroy this so I can begin to have the confidence and empower that God is working through me to beat my giants. Here's, here's a scary thought, okay? It's real scary. And that is, we go directly to the giant. And we don't get a track record of success under our belt. And we don't see how God has brought us through these uh, minor battles, right? Uh, we don't win those. And we go into this giant scenario with no victory under our belt, right? Um, the giant's gonna kick your butt. The giant is going to chew you up and spit you out. <laughs> Now, if we don't have the confidence and the connection, the empowerment with God for the lion, what makes us think we're going to have the confidence in God for the giant? Okay? And this is where the building of our faith comes into play. That I'm going to begin to think about things that are good report. I'm going to have a good report. I'm going to look at the situation that I'm facing now and start with something that's uh, maybe kind of small and say, you know what? I'm going to be empowered by God and I'm going to face this, this situation and I'm going to conquer and overcome this situation. As you begin to build momentum, you become the kind of man that can defeat the giant. 
That is an awesome, awesome reality. So a good report, a good report. And that is having the mindset and the belief system that you are able through the power of God that's operating inside of your life. So are we going to think about things that are clean, pure, lovely, and a good report? And that is thinking about producing things that are beneficial inside of our life. Think about things that are uh, going to produce a beneficial reality for those involved and connected inside of our lives. I'm going to begin to think about how I'm going to grow and expand. And that is that I'm going to face my small challenges so I can begin to rise up and face my big challenges. And that I'm going to begin to think about things that are wholesome for my body, my mind, and my spirit. And that is my holistic life inside of my frame. Family, faith, fitness, and finance. And I'm going to begin to think about how I'm going to grow and expand in each area of my life. And as I begin to face the lion inside of each area, I graduate to the bear. And as I begin to conquer the bear, I begin to go to the giant. And this is the process that we're all going through. And that is this, that we've been called to fight. Inside, inside man is this sense of masculinity and it's a purpose inside of a fight. And that means that we have to have something to fight for. And once we don't have anything to fight for, we kind of uh, degress and kind of really uh, cease to exist at our full capacity. So now is the time to begin to fight for our family. Now's the time to begin to fight for our relationship, our connection with God. Now's the time to begin to fight for ourselves. And lastly, now's the fight, uh, time to, to fight for our, our prosperity. And that is getting out of the mindset of scarcity and beginning to operate in what I'm talking about. So I've given you a lot to think about <laughs> for four weeks. I've given you some, th some things to think about. And uh, this is definitely a lesson you'll probably want to rewatch it and begin to take notes and begin to ask yourself some of these questions. And so I appreciate you brothers going on this process with me. I'll uh, see you soon. Peace.